Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. Music of America podcast continues today. We're in Nevada. We're going to Reno. And we're going to talk with Charlie Marks about his music after I talk about a little accident I had. Years ago, I got in this accident at work where I ended up spending the entire month on my stomach while my back wounds were healing. I had scalded and severely burned my lower back. Well, about two weeks into my healing, I realized I haven't had a cigarette in two weeks, so that's how I quit smoking. Now, that method worked for me, but I don't suggest it for anyone else. Thank goodness there's a company called Laser Therapy South located just outside of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Since 2003, Laser Therapy South has helped thousands of people quit smoking all over the world, help them reduce stress, alleviate chronic and acute pain. Laser Therapy South has developed their own technique approach to tackle both the physiological and habitual components of addiction to help you achieve total success laser therapy it's an acupuncture based treatment plan that originated actually in europe and canada about 25 years ago your success is measured immediately laser therapy is instantaneous your treatment date is also your quit date the laser is sort of a cold or therapeutic laser it doesn't really produce heat or cut tissue whereas most clients instead walk away saying feel like like they've had a massage after the treatment laser therapy south www.lasertherapysouth.com where all your questions can be answered just go to the website and uh, they'll answer all your questions you email to them and they'll tell you how you quit smoking www.lasertherapysouth where being a quitter is a good thing you a smoker charlie um not not uh not uh tobacco, tobacco. Okay. Not tobacco, though I, I do uh I do partake in other things. In other things that are legal in most states anymore. Yeah, at this point, even uh, I, I I live in Nevada now. I grew up in Ohio. Even Ohio has legalized right. cannabis now uh, as of this uh this fall. So what's the rule in Nevada? Is um, it totally it's, legal or? it's legal. You can yeah. you can grow, you can buy. I I don't I don't know what the what other rules there are though. I guess I should. I, I was involved in, I've been involved in drug use research, uh, including mainly around tobacco, but not around mm-hmm. uh, cannabis. Uh, okay. That's that's home It's really weird because I, I have a residency in Missouri and a res- residency in Vermont, and the, and the rules are just so different, you know. And, oh, then, yeah. and then we went on vacation. We went through Arkansas and Louisiana, not too far from Missouri, and the laws are very strict there. It's just so bizarre. Yes. Somebody in Washington will maybe figure that one out. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think they're just waiting for every. I think the federal government's just going to wait for all the individual states to legalize it themselves, so that nobody at the federal level has to take any risks, right, so, or liabilities, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's just it's just kind of happening. So uh, you're from Ohio, you said. What brought you to Reno? Music. Um, no. So I grew up near Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, after I graduated college, I kind of just got on I-80 and I took it all the way to the end, uh, wound up in Oakland and kind of bounced around just in my car or around, uh, the Eastern Sierra areas where I wound up for a few years, which is, uh, kind of South of Reno in California, but it's on the East side of the Sierra mountains. And that's a really beautiful place to be. And, Wow. Ended up bouncing down to San Diego to go to grad school, and then I I, I uh, wound up. Uh, me and uh, Jenna moved up to Reno about almost three years ago now. So and we're, Jenna, we're, Jenna is your significant other. She is. Okay. She is. Is she musical too? Does she play? Um. Uh, at at home. Uh. <laughs> uh, uh right. Perhaps. Not- uh, I, I've been joking that I, I, I'm going to establish the, the my musical career, and that way uh, she doesn't have to do so much work. She can just get a. I, I build out the whole the whole thing first, and uh, yeah. she's a much better singer and uh, has much better, uh, I think, natural musical talent than I do. But um, that's my calling, I guess. So, yeah. so I'm what, doing it. What got you? How long have you been into music? How long have you been doing what you're doing now? Um, in this current kind of incarnation, I've been 
it feels like it really things really kind of started rolling about five years ago. I've always wanted to play music. I mean, when I was growing up, I, I always wanted to sing. I played guitar, but not well. And um, uh, after college, I kind of, you know, in college, I kind of gravitated away or not gravitated away from it. I kind of lost touch with it. And um, I kind of started playing guitar again in my 20s. And uh, but it was when I found a banjo. Uh, I used to play at an open mic and my buddy would bring a banjo. And when I moved to San Diego, I kind of missed the sound of it. And so I uh, um, I ended up finding a banjo uh, half off at a at a used guitar, I had a used music shop that was going out of business, but they'd marked it up double. So I actually just paid the standard price for it. And, oh, that's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. Jenna kind of looked at me funny when I brought that banjo home, like, what is that for? And uh, <laughs> it just kind of clicked. I started playing old time banjo and yeah. uh, it just made sense. And then guitar started making more sense to me too after that. And um, uh, I kind of joked for a while that I just learned the instrument so I could sing, but I've really kind of fallen in love with both instruments and, and uh, um, yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I just had a gentleman on a few months, well, maybe a month or two ago, who's a, a banjo aficionado or whatever. He's played on you know, like big stages and with a lot of people and uh, cool. uh, named people named that aren't Tom Pollard or Charlie Marks, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, we were talking and I remember seeing a thing with Steve Martin once where he said, try and play the banjo and sing a sad song. <laughs> and he's, he's doing the fast picking, you know, like foggy mountain breakdown oh, kind yeah. of thing, you know, and he starts singing, Oh, death, destruction and pain and misery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't fit with the banjo, you know, that's hilarious. Well, I've got a, um, we're going to, we're not going to share it today because we got some other songs on the docket, but uh, I put out a live album this summer and I did a cover of uh, Ola Bell Reads Undone in Sorrow. And uh, there was a recording that she did when uh, uh, she was uh, born in the early 1900s. Amazing mm-hmm. North Carolina banjo player. Um, but she had a version of this. T- there's a recording where she says, um, how does she put it? She says, uh, this is the saddest song. This is, mo- this is the saddest song that you ever heard in your entire life. And by the end of it, you're just going to be feeling pitiful. So if you're looking for a sad banjo song, I got I got at least one of them out there. It's called Undone in Sorrow. But I would look up Ola Bell Reed's version first because, well, she's the best. I mean, Wayfair Stranger is not really a banjo song, but it's really also not an uplifting song. It's a spiritual song. Mm-hmm. I guess you you can get some beautiful dark sounds on the banjo. There are these yeah. modal tunings, and and they're very haunting. And I, I think that that's a the banjo is very special for that sound. So is that your instrument, or is guitar your instrument now? Um, or fifty fifty. Fifty fifty. When I play a show, I'm switching back and forth. Um, uh, I kind of so I play old time banjo. I, I I initially started with claw hammer, but I kind of. Uh, have my own kind of old time style that I do. And, uh, and then I'm like a, a Piedmont or Travis picking guitar player for the most uh-huh. part. So a lot of finger picking and the two styles go together really good. Um, in fact, if, if, if you, if I could play both at the same time, I'm sure it would sound fantastic, but, uh, alas, I, I, I don't have enough arms for that. <laughs> so. Well, now you could get one of the, I've seen these things where you actually have the guitar. It's like on a stand. All right, it holds oh, the body down uh, here in the neck up here. So you can wear, wear the banjo, flop it around the back, and then lean over this thing and start doing your guitar work. And then all right. the, swing the banjo back around and do banjo work. And yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll let you know how that goes. I'm going to yeah. give it a shot. Uh, if, if it works, I'll uh, bring it to a stage near you, Sam. So. Sounds wonderful. Sounds wonderful. When you do a show, do you do uh, is it all covers? Do you do original music? Um. I'd say I got a blend of, uh, I do a fair number of originals, some traditional tunes and, a, mm-hmm. and some covers as well. I'd say it's, uh, it kind of depends on the mood of the day. Um, uh, I got a lot of kind of, of, uh, folk ballads that I write. And if the audience is willing to go to a more maybe heavy or emotional place with me, uh, we can do, uh, do that um but the banjo also lets you bring a lot of high energy to any show and um i got a range of traditional and original tunes so so it's a nice mix and i I really like playing that traditional stuff because it's nice to talk about like the history of the music and kind of provide context i love talking uh if you ever come to one of my shows um uh 
it should be about half talking. So I've, I've been to like house concerts, many concerts, you know, how many house concerts, mm-hmm. what do they call them? And those yep. are the best. Those are the best to me when somebody's got something not just to, you know, at a bar or a club or something or a winery, somebody sitting there and you really can't pay attention, but at a house party, you know, to me, that's what makes it. It's like the stories, the story of the stories oh, yeah. that tie the music together. I love that. That's so much fun. Nothing better than a house show. If anyone's ever listening and they like what I do and you got a house and you put on a house shows, feel free to reach out. Um, I, uh, uh, find it. I'm the hardest part, but once you find a good, a good house show, it's, yeah. uh, nothing really beats it. You would think there'd be a network, you know, a Insta page or a Facebook page or something like that, that, uh, does this kind of stuff. Yeah, there are networks, but I, I find that they're a little bit more invisible. Like once oh. you start getting plugged into it, you start yeah. to, you know, I'll be down in Silver City, New Mexico, and someone will say, oh, you know, this person up in uh, Enterprise, Oregon, and I'm like, in Enterprise? Yeah, I know them. <laughs> and and then all of a sudden, you're like, you start seeing the way that music ties people together. Um, but it's hard to see it w- unless you're really on the road going to a lot of places and meeting a lot of people. So, yeah. The, uh this I guess it's been about a week now. I've been back and on my I was in New Orleans so on my way back. We stopped at the crossroads, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, ever since that, and I put a bunch of pictures on Facebook. And I've got friends, I've got uh, Music of America podcast guests, and whatever saying uh, telling me different things about about Robert Johnson. And then somebody brought up, "Oh brother, where art thou?" And said, uh-huh. "Is that is that supposed to be Robert Johnson?" I said, "Loosely." But that, I couldn't get that out of my head. And when I was re-listening to your music yesterday and today, now I can't stop thinking of, oh, brother, where art thou? <laughs> Soundtrack <Nice>. to that. <laughs> All right. Curse you guys. So, curse you. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's funny because uh, I love, oh, brother, where art thou? But my uh, my Coen Brothers movie of, of uh, well, I, have two, I guess I have two Coen brother movie of choice now but my musical Coen brothers movie that really kind of kick-started things for me was inside lewin davis um i don't know if you saw that one never heard of it never heard of it. what's it about it's kind of loosely based on what feels like a week in the life of a slightly fictionalized dave von ronk if you're oh. familiar with dave um, no. so dave von ronk was a uh, uh, he, during the Greenwich Village scene, you know, or Bob Dylan and all mm-hmm. those folks kind of blew up. Dave was kind of like the, the uncle. He was, uh, they called him the mayor, mayor of McDougal street. Cause he was, uh, kind of the, he's the big man in town. He was in charge. Um, and, uh, the movie was kind of, you know, he never got the like commercial success that a lot of the other people did. No. Um, but uh and the movie has a very beautiful gorgeous soundtrack uh it's like oscar isaac and the mumford and sons my beautiful i mean the 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 timbre of the music is is quite beautiful and polished and dave was somebody who growled and snarled and shouted and wheezed (laughs) and he could do absolutely everything with his voice um he could probably sound pretty too but it wasn't necessarily what he was doing um and when i first heard him play which was maybe about 10 years ago now um which i i I discovered him after i saw the movie um that kind of got the ball rolling where all of a sudden i saw this like avenue we're playing traditional folk music was a path that i needed to walk down um so the cohen brothers have played an uh an important role in my life and they continue to do so i just saw a serious man and that one was anyway we don't gotta dive into that because that's not music related but they're just they're honestly my favorite so cohen's are are incredible for sure well let's talk about your music we've got three of your songs one is called our tomorrow one is three years time and one is dink's song I'm assuming these are all originals. Uh, so the first two are original, and the last one's a traditional song. Oh, it is. I, I, yeah. if, if I had to guess, I would have guessed the exact opposite based oh, yeah. on the t- based on the titles. Because our tomorrow, that's you know, that can be any any generation. Three years ago, sure. years time could be anybody's. But Dink song. How many people? You know, I've, I've got a friend named Dink. His nickname is Dink. You know. Oh yeah. And so I've never met a Dink, but yeah, his, his real name is Jerry. All right. <laughs> How he got Dink is a long story, and I won't go into that right. because you know, it's got nothing to do with this show. So our uh, our tomorrow was the first one I wanted to play. Tell us about that. Is that one of your earlier pieces? Is this a more recent piece? 
So uh, Our Tomorrow, I probably wrote it about a little over a year ago. I put it out in the, on my album, Three Years Time, uh, this past uh, spring. Um, Our Tomorrow, uh, it's a lot of my early songwriting kind of focused on emotion, like like difficult emotions and learning to like navigate mental health and and they were heavy they were kind of heavy folk songs like yeah. i you know I, i'm and our tomorrow was kind of this song where you sometimes as you're navigating your life you find you're in this moment where the setting that you find yourself in you just can't really see a path forward you can't really yeah. find a next step that matches with who you are as a person and what you want to do it doesn't mean things are inherently bad or wrong it's just that there's no path and so sometimes you kind of have to go do your own thing and you have to um create your own vision for what you want to see in your life and you have to think about what you want your tomorrow to look like um and it can be a really rewarding process when you go on that journey um because sometimes you have to go on that journey by yourself to find whatever your calling is and whatever you need to do in this right. life but when you do that, it's off. It can be awfully lonely. So you kind of end up with this conundrum where you say, "Well, I, uh, I, I want to be able to pursue the life I want to pursue, but I, I also don't want to do it by myself." So the song just kind of captures this feeling of, "I'm going to do what I need to do, but I really would love to not do it alone." And in this case, alone, it could be a partner, it could be family, mm -hmm. it could be community. Um, and so that song just kind of captures navigating this. Um, uh, I kind of thought the direction you were, we're going to go with that is that, you know, you have your tomorrow and you know where you want to go with it. And it's so much more fun to have someone that shares that those dreams than your tomorrow becomes our tomorrow. And that's kind of where I thought you were going with that. I mean, I think that's a perfect way to summarize what the tune no. is about. I think Groovy. that was a great way. I think that's a great way to put it. Groovy as all the kids are saying these days, right? As all the kids are saying, exactly. <laughs> Charlie exactly. Marks from Reno, Nevada, our guest today here on the Music of America podcast. And it's the first song we're going to listen to, but we're just talking about it's called Our Tomorrow. Stay tonight. 
today Tonight if you ain't dreaming About our tomorrow Don't you stay Tonight if you ain't dreaming About our tomorrow Charlie Marks in a song called Our Tomorrow from Reno, Nevada, here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We'll get back in more conversations with Charlie. I've got this uh, this custom-made, handmade acoustic guitar I've named Margaret with the tonal quality of name-brand high-end guitars. Names will remain silent here. Uh, this baby fits my hand perfectly. It has mahogany neck. It glides easily when I play, but what I love most is the low-end sustain. I often joke that it's probably still ringing from the first open E chord I played when I first got her. Well, she was built for me by Joe Mendel of Joe Mendel's Frets, one of the sponsors here on the Music of America podcast, and a guest back in December. Uh, Maple Bridge and fretboard, a veneer, a veneer Zircote headstock. I think it's the spruce body, though, that really gives it its resonance and sustain. Just beautiful looking, beautiful sounding guitar and custom made for me from Joe Mendel, Joe Mendel's Frets, www.joemendelsfrets.com. Charlie Marks from Reno, Nevada, what do you play through? What guitar, banjo, or guitars, banjos, do you play through? Uh, yeah, so for my shows, I play uh, I play an old 70s Yamaha FG-160. Um, it's, uh, I actually got it for free on Instagram, uh, uh, when I, I've been playing banjo, I put out, I, I recorded, I basically spent two years just playing banjo all the time. Mm -hmm. And then, um, uh, this fellow who makes banjos posted, uh, on a story, on Instagram saying, I have this guitar, anyone want it? And I was like, where do you live? <laughs> and he's like, San Diego. And I was like, what neighborhood? And he's like this one. I was like, what? Uh, what street i'll be there in like five minutes and um <laughs> and uh he had this beautiful i love dreadnought acoustic guitars uh -huh. um and uh though my shoulders i think wanting me to get something all smaller but um that's what i play for almost all of my shows and recordings and then um for banjos i got some uh uh i got a cool one that i, I don't play out because it's sometimes banjos are a little tough to get the sound right in a live mm -hmm. setting. I got a really cool custom one from a fellow named Lindsey Mulheron out in North Carolina. Shout out to him if you want a custom banjo. Um, but I play uh, some Deering banjos. I used to live in San Diego and the Deering factory's there. And if you're ever in San Diego, they got a showroom, bunch of their nicked up banjos. And by nicked up, they might have like a little scratch that makes it so they can't sell at full price. Yeah, and right. you can get some discount banjos if you're in you'll, San Diego. you love those. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so that's uh, what I'm playing in my shows. I generally just, uh, I actually, uh, I have like a acoustic guitar pickup that I slap in my guitar, but I also uh -huh. just shoved it in the back of my banjo too, and I just run that through a like okay. a Fender, uh, a Blues Junior, like a um, Dean, like those Dean Markley things that. Yeah, but those are. I think it's just like a. It's just the one that goes in the hole. It just looks yeah, like a little. Yeah. Um, but my, there's nicer looking ones. I like the way those LR bags ones look, but, uh, I just have the Fishman. It's just like a black pickup. Um, have you seen the ones that actually have effects to them? Like, oh no. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an insert. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, it might be a Yamaha. It's got it built in, but you can buy the kit and you can mm -hmm. put them inside, but you can play a chorus or a reverb on an acoustic guitar. Oh, cool. That's really well, cool. I mean, I've, I've seen them. I haven't played one yet. Oh wait, yes, I did. I did play one once. Uh, placed in when it, when, uh, when I was in Missouri, Missouri about a month, or a few months ago. Went and saw this place. A friend of mine. We always go guitar hunting, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it was a, it was a Yamaha. And he said, but it's, you, he told me you can buy the kits too. So maybe keep keep your eyes out for that if that's your jam. You know, if you like that that multi. Yeah, well, I love. I just love the way an acoustic guitar sounds through a yeah. tube amp i just i don't need too many effects and that that uh all all of uh that last recording we listened to and the next couple are just the guitar through through a tube amp and yeah. uh i think it gets a cool sound I actually uh i just finished recording just an instrumental guitar project and mm -hmm. i don't know the timeline on it but i am excited to share that one that's cool. 
I've never played I've never played acoustic through a tube amp. I've always played it through like a solid state or an acoustic, which is usually solid state, or or just a PA. Again, solid yeah. state. That's that's such a cool idea. For finger picking, if you finger pick a guitar, it just it is wonderful. It's my favorite sound, one yeah. of my favorite sounds. But what so. I tell people is like I own guitars and I can play guitar, but I'm not a guitar player, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I leave that up to you guys. I wanted to ask you a question too about the banjo, only because I just got one. So uh yeah, for I sure. ha- haven't touched it yet, but uh um had a friend of mine that lives in Charleston went and saw them for New Year's and uh-huh. uh her brother passed away years ago and she's just had this banjo and she went on what to sell it for. I said, well, What do you want for it? She goes, I don't know why do you want it? I said, Yeah, I'll take a look at it. She goes, Well, I was thinking about you know, around a hundred, hundred and a quarter, something like that. I said, I'll give you a hundred to a hundred quarter for it because I'll just give it to you. Like, cool. Nice. So Merry Christmas. I haven't touched mm-hmm. it yet because I have no idea what I'm doing. My son-in-law plays banjo a little bit. So he's going to like walk me through some stuff, but that's kind of what you were went through. You had never played a banjo before and then you got yep. one. And then two years later, you're playing out with a banjo. Yeah. So, it, right? uh, yeah. Um, so it turned out that the way I strummed a guitar, which was not, uh, it's all self-taught. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I took some lessons in middle school uh, on guitar, but uh, I don't know precisely what translated from that. Is, uh, <laughs> but um, but uh, uh, the way I strummed a guitar was very similar to the claw hammer frail, um, which is how the like an old time style playing the banjo, where instead of finger picking it, you're more kind of bouncing your nails off the strings and kind of creating a you kind of create a syncopated rhythm it, it kind of has like a one two and one two and one two and one two and and as you get a little more advanced it kind of creates this like one two and and two and one two and and two and one two and and two and and it's very oh. vibey and dancey so you always get this rolling um this rolling feeling, I guess rolling is often the word used for bluegrass banjo, and I'm not trying to compare it to that, but you just get this um, perpetual forward feeling. It's it's dance music. It's 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 entertainment music. It's vibing music. And um, so whatever happened when I got that banjo and started playing old time, um, it's just something you can really zone in and zone out with. Like you, you really can just... Um, whereas for me, bluegrass style banjo didn't have that appeal. Like you, it, it, that style often is like fits within a band setting, whereas old time banjo tends to be more suited for just playing by yourself, um, or maybe one other person. But, um, that kind of old time sound is also easier to sing along to. Oh, it's not okay. so easy to sing along to bluegrass banjo, whereas claw hammer banjo kind of, it's kind of like playing the drums and guitar at the same time where you, you have a rhythm and you have uh-huh. chords and maybe you got some melodies too, as you get more advanced. And, um, but overall claw hammer is like a really straightforward once you kind of get the general feel for it, I, I feel like you can pick it up pretty quickly. Um, and then there's fancy things you can do as you get more comfortable with it. Charlie, would you call your music bluegrass or Americana? Um, I don't know if I, I mean, definitely not bluegrass, uh, for the technical side. If someone says, I love your music cause I love bluegrass, I'll go, yeah, that's great. I, I love <laughs> it. I'm not gonna, I'm not, right. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell anyone that I know what any of these words mean. Um, I guess I'd fall in that large Americana umbrella. I generally would describe myself as folk and old time or folk and roots. Um, I'm, I'm really pulling from a lot of sounds of traditional folk music sounds particularly mm-hmm. from the kind of region of america that like blue ridge mountains which is western north carolina southeast kentucky um uh, eastern tennessee that kind of region um yeah. Missis- like uh, a lot of my influences coincidentally like i wasn't like i'm just gonna go find every artist from this area it was just like mm-hmm. after a minute you're just like all right, it's Elizabeth Cotton, it's Roscoe Holcomb, it's it's Ola Bell Reed, it's and then all of a sudden you start putting pins on the map of where they all lived and they all lived in the same yeah. general area. So 
um, whatever. So I usually use old time and folk, um, but Americana works just fine and probably Roots. got some songs. Roots, Roots is Roots. the word I just started learning. Uh, and that, that seems to fit with a lot of the music that's coming out. That's similar to yours. I just keep forgetting that word, but I think that's really good. Yep. Uh, even if it's not an old Roots song, it's got that same flavor, that same timbre word you used earlier, uh, get the same feel and timbre and tone that the old Roots songs have. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm doing all live takes. This is just me in front of a microphone. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to kind of incorporate more people into my recordings hopefully going to get to do that next year um or in this upcoming year um but i really love the way live take sounds i really love the the messiness of it um you know um uh definitely if if you're looking for something really polished i'm my sound probably is is not going to be precisely what you're hoping for but it's uh for me it's what music sounds like when you play it at home and when you play it in front of people yeah. it's it's what music sounds like or at your, least when i make it your music sounds real genuine real authentic and that's cool it's really refreshing because so much music gets processed and you know what i mean it 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 sounds yeah. uh stale i know that's not the right word but taste I, I understand you you know it, it, it lacks the spirit or the soul that you know, when you're processing and over-processing songs and you're compressing this and you're doing this and that, it just it starts sounding more like a processed piece of music. Yours is more mm -hmm. coming from in here, you know. Thank you. I that's what I that. that's what I got from it. So tell me about three years' time, because that's a song that kind of hit me like that. That like this guy is like just really digging the shit out of what he's doing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Um so uh, the album. So this this is the title track of the album. It's called Three Years Time. It's a it's this is a old this is an old time style. I wrote this song, but it's an old time style tune. Um, and uh, it's called Three Years Time because uh, me and Jenna we moved out to the country a little outside Reno about three years ago now, and uh, we had all these aspirations of uh, growing a garden, uh, eating a lot of peaches, being self sufficient, all of that good stuff. Yeah. And uh, we really struggled. Um, that first year we, we had all these seedlings and our cats destroyed our seedling trays because we left oh, our no. seedling trays in places where cats could get them. And then whatever we did grow, the, the, the squirrels ate everything and the squirrels were even stealing our chicken eggs too. And they'd, they'd tuck them under their arm like a football and run off with them. It was absolutely aggravating. Um, but then, uh, uh, somebody we were having a lot of mental breakdowns we were just really struggling to figure out how to make it work yeah and somebody told us it takes three years uh to grow a garden uh one year to fail absolutely miserably just have it all fall apart uh a second year to fail humbly and learn your lessons and a, and a third year to put it all together and, and and actually uh reap what you sow and while we did uh grow some garlic and get some chickens in the freezer um i admit that we still didn't really succeed at growing a whole lot of stuff so i've been yeah. joking uh, in some of my sets recently that i'm going to come back on tour next year and sing four years time for everybody <laughs> well uh you can also put my studio in that same category i bought this house it'll I'll be going into my third year in february i bought this house with an unfinished basement with the intention of putting like a workout room closet laundry room a mm -hmm. dance floor a control room and a studio you know and i've got i've got some pretty decent equipment i also got some real crap equipment but i've got enough equipment that i can uh my, my electrician who you kind of look like is also a sound engineer and so he's got it set mm -hmm. up to where my uh my snake i still use a snake mm -hmm. my snake yep. goes into the wall so i've got you know my two outlets and then a hole underneath to put my snake so i can yep instead of tripping over cables all the time and then run it into my into my board into my control room well i'm getting ready to start year three in a couple of months <laughs> nice so so i really relate to three years time <laughs> oh, awesome i've been finding the more i talk about it with people the more uh everyone kind of has their own three years time that's, story it's about something absolutely hilarious and and it's just such a good song like i said and it come you can really feel that it comes from here with you you know oh thank you that's really neat so charlie merch from reno nevada we're going to listen to a song called 
three years time right here on the music of america podcast Charlie Marks and here on the Music of America podcast. So, you know, you meet, you fall in love, you commit to each other. That's the easy part. But somehow after about two years ago, like we're just talking about three years time. Well, in relationships, after about two years or so, things begin to be challenging. Emotions and flares seem to wane. Sometimes you disagree, feeling disillusioned at times. That period of disappointment can lead to a long time, even years and that's the time usually when couples start seeking a therapist to help learn better communication skills. Two Years After Forever, a relationship workbook is dedicated to help customers, is dedicated to help couples find that effective communication. This guidebook, sort of a, a how-to book, teaches you some skills to learn about communication deficiencies that you likely have, but better it offers exercises to improve those skills be better communicators better partners with each other two years after forever it's not a self-help book it's a workbook you have to do the work and if you do these exercises together apply these lessons learned you will absolutely see a difference in your relationship particularly lasting into the future like forever two years after forever author mike pollard 30-year therapist that happens to be my brother two years after forever Available at Amazon today and forever. Just seemed sort of appropriate to do that commercial mm -hmm. when we were talking about 
the three-year project and he, uh mike's been he's retired now but he's been doing counseling like this and he said it's it's amazing that's where you get where you get the title two years after forever it says you make the mm-hmm. commitment forever and then two years into it you're like <laughs> like like, like the steam has left my soup you know my mm-hmm. ice cream has melted you know whatever so the last song we talked a little bit about this this is a cover song and had i guessed not knowing and what we said in the pre-interview uh i would have said our tomorrow in three years time were cover songs and dink song would be an original because there's not a whole lot of people i know named dink Unfor- i mean fortunately or unfortunately sorry jerry <laughs> I do have a friend named Dink. His nickname is Dink. So that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Since I know somebody named Dink, it's probably a fairly common nickname. Therefore, this is a song you wrote for a friend, brother, or something like that. And mm-hmm. I was completely wrong. The other two were the originals, and this was a cover. Yeah, yeah. So Dink song is an old traditional tune. Uh, um, sourcing, I'm not quite sure if folks know. I should double check on that. But if they know exactly its uh, provenance. But um uh, I mentioned earlier, it's segue, uh, that Coen Brothers movie, Inside Lewin Davis, uh, turned me on to Dave Von Rock. And one of the movies in that, or one of the songs in that movie, is a big part of the soundtrack, is Dink's song. And like I said, that movie, gorgeous soundtrack, just just very beautiful. And then you go listen to Dave Von Rock, also beautiful, but in that rough folk singer, just like not both unpolished and immaculately talented at the same time like just the most beautiful gorgeous ballad i'd ever heard and it really opened up me to what was possible with folk music especially just in terms of bearing your emotions and kind of laying it all out and really playing and singing with a lot of intensity and beauty at the same time and um uh, before I play the song, I, I have a little monologue I do and let people know how beautiful this song is. That way they know before they hear me play it just how beautiful it's about to be. That way they have no doubt in their mind about how much they're going to enjoy the song once they start playing it. But it honestly took me eight or nine years to really be able to play it because I, wow. I saw that movie and it was the song I wanted to play. And vocally, it's a big song and it's a it's a rather sometimes simple songs can be the hardest ones to arrange just because you got to find your way of playing and by your way it's just something that feels right you kind of get this feeling inside of you uh at least for me when i cover a song there's usually it's not like uh as so much like i think that's a cool song i should do it it's more of like a feeling that's like i need to play this song and um and uh so dink song i believe it's called dink song because a musicologist back in the early 1900s was you know, going out they would go out like alan lomax or whoever would go out with their giant recording equipment that they had back in the early 1900s and they were traveling around the american south uh, particularly in around appalachia just trying to collect folk songs because the early 1900s where the industrial revolution is changing the nature of music instead of yeah. music being um something that's at home and in your community and different everywhere you're starting to get the mainstreamification of of musical sounds of what american music is um particularly so you also start being able to record music so there were people who were kind of traveling around and they understood that this music might not survive and this song uh, uh the the musicologist in question who my brain wants to tell me is alan lomax but i want to encourage people to google it yeah. um in case it's not um uh heard a what? woman named dink heard, heard a woman named dink singing a song in her kitchen and uh asked to record it well you sound really knowledgeable and you brought his nap- name up more than once so i'm going to say that's probably who it is perhaps i yeah. he's one of the major musicology forces of the early 1900s recording a lot of blues and roots and folk music um um so uh he plays uh an important role in the history of american folk music though that's a whole nother topic of of the kind of collection of songs by academics from communities and uh, what that means and saving songs is obviously super valuable i'm grateful because i get to hear that song and get to play that song and uh but you know complicated histories and whatnot so um Anyway, we're we're blessed. We're blessed because that song is the genesis of that, which we call Charlie Marks today, or at least a part of the genesis. 
right? Really, really important part. So it's very special to get to share it. Um, it's special to be a person that plays that song. You know, when I first heard it, I wasn't, I wasn't somebody who could do that, and it took me many years. Um, it is a, um, and it's one of my favorite tunes to play. So, um, how how well received is it by an audience after you? Because you you set it up really well. It sounds like, and I've not seen you yeah. do this live, but it sounds like you set it up really well. So people probably just enamored with it right yeah i do this whole bit i kind of got my bit where you know i i really like guy clark which is totally unrelated to the to the song but uh you know I, I bring in some of his lyrics and just talk about how beautiful folk music and how important folk music is in our yeah. lives because it really is whether we're conscious of it or not we don't have music without folk music and um uh so yeah I, i've generally found that it's one of those songs that makes the room go quiet um and people kind of sit with me and are there with me while i perform it and so uh it feels like a very communal uh experience when i get to play this song so again man i'm, I'm just picturing you in, in doing a, a house show it'd be yep. so cool so cool well uh, let's hear it charlie marks and his version of a song called fairly well or dink's song Hey. 
subtitled Dink's song, Charlie Mark's version of a song from 1904. I looked it up. <laughs> nice. Pretty cool, man. And and uh, we were just talking off mic. Uh, also redone by Mumford and Son, who did the soundtrack then of that movie. Our yeah, parts of the soundtrack. Yeah, of Inside, they did. They were kind of the doing the soundtrack for that movie. And so it's funny because, like, I'm not. I wouldn't say I don't listen to Mumford and Sons. I yeah. never, and I didn't really know they did the soundtrack for the movie until a little bit later. Um, but it's. Um, Cause you know, I, I guess, you know, they're, they're, they're a little poppy. They're a different genre than what I really care for. Yeah. Um, it's certainly enjoyable. I'm not trying to dig on them at all, but I've the, the, the punchline of all that is just to say, I'd never really anticipated that I would be highly influenced by Mumford and Sons, yeah. uh, even though I didn't realize that was what was happening. Um, so I guess I'm very grateful. Um, well, you were inspired by the song as were they yeah and so it's special to be that's what's special about folk music is you get to be part of this chain yeah, um, yeah. It, it, if, if if you don't if people aren't part of it the music goes away i mean i know we have recorded music and stuff but hmm. you ever been to a record store and flipped the records and seen how many records that nobody knows what those if you just because it's recorded doesn't mean it's still alive right. inside of people's souls so um it's very special to get to be part of the process and the cool thing is everyone gets to be part of the process if you're called to it so very cool well uh charlie this is the last segment of the show this is where we call what we call the shameless self-promotion segment of the show tell us how we can find you support you uh get your music buy your merch do whatever and what's coming up in 2024 with charlie Merck's charlie marks yeah so i've got a friend of mine named charlie marks who does flooring and i just oh, nice. slipped right into <laughs> charlie marks <laughs> sorry charlie go ahead charlie uh, marks. no worries um so uh i got a website charliemarksmusic.com you can find me on instagram at charlie underscore marks underscore music um uh, and I post shows on Bands in Town, uh, which is also on my website. So if you subscribe, if you have a Bands in Town, you can find uh, my shows. And I post them on Instagram as well. Um, I do a fair bit of writing as well. And uh, if you can find, uh, I have a sub stack for anyone who wants to read kind of weirdly mystic something strange going yeah. on. Uh, but generally uplifting and just about living well and stuff like that. And uh that's just under my name as well. You can usually find it on my Instagram, uh, charliemarks.substack.com. Uh, and um, good point out too that it's M A R K S, not M A R X like Carl and Groucho. Right. Like, <laughs> like, not like Carl and not like Groucho. Right. Um, my parents inadvertently named me Charles Marx. Uh, there was uh, no, uh, no communist uh, <laughs> intentions behind that um uh so uh you never know where you end up so right we, we don't get to pick, pick our names we don't get to pick our parents right that's that's very true but you know our parents do the best that they can and yes, they uh unless and, they uh, name you dink <laughs> i guess so well i think it could be a pretty name in the right context right it's context. definitely a great great nickname for sure and uh but uh thanks mom and dad for the good name you gave me a great name very grateful for that and uh oh i mean i guess i should say you can find all of my music on spotify yeah. or uh uh i got stuff on Bandcamp. i need to update my latest stuff on there um it's a what one do you have it's, out right now how many how many song cds would you say you have out right now um so i got four albums out on like spotify and apple music uh one that inadvertently got posted on amazon because i was taking some kind of stand against corporate america even though apple and spotify are obviously also just big corporate entities that probably could be protested for whatever reason right. too uh, but i accidentally posted an album on amazon and i can't get it down so it's there too but i've got four albums there's a fifth one on Bandcamp that's kind of some old banjo recordings i've done that I, i'd kind of like to redo because i'm a little bit more competent now and yeah. uh, um i don't know the timeline but i definitely have a cool weird uh instrumental guitar project coming out in hopefully the next few months and uh um i actually have to re-record one of the tracks and that's what i was going to do after this call and um 
so you can find those. I got a lot of music out there and I got a lot of writing out there. So um, if you do end up liking what I do, there's a whole well of it to dive into and discover. And um, I feel like it usually leads since I'm playing traditional music and uh, it leads to even more artists. Uh, that's the fun thing about folk music is you generally start with one point and then you find yourself quickly going down the, the genealogy tree of music where yeah. you start with me and then you end up at Dave on rock and then you end up at Mississippi, John Hurd, and then you end up at Elizabeth cotton. And then, then you come back and it's just really cool seeing the way it's all interwoven together. Will we see you at any festivals this year in 24? Uh, festivals. No, I, I, you know, I'm doing all this myself. I book everything. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really figured out. Um, I've played a, well, to be fair, I'll probably be down in a uh, camp Verde, Arizona. There's been some cool uh, things happening down there. there. We've been doing a, my buddy Max who uh, has a great um, YouTube a channel called live at the garage where a ton of amazing <laughs> acts come in and do live sessions. Um, so that's like definitely worth checking out, whether it's my videos or, or anybody else's he's worked with, but uh, they've got, I love the name. Stuff. I love the name live at the garage. You know, it's, oh, it's so fantastic. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd look it up and I mean, it's just a great well of modern, not just folk artists, but a ton of folk artists, um, come through there and it's very special. So I'd, I'd encourage people to check that out. Um, I'll probably be touring uh, throughout the West. Um, this next year is probably looking like a lot of two weekend tours. So go up to the Pacific Northwest, yeah. go down to the Southwest, go out to Colorado and back. Um, so uh, I don't know if I'll be able to make it out East this year. I did a couple times this last year and it, it, it's a, it's a lot to, to manage. So uh -huh. There was a, uh, there's a, I'm in Vermont in the summertime and there's a place called J Peak Resort and they have a concert series every year called Cheesem Crow. It's usually a music mm -hmm. festival that runs a uh, two to four days and it was three days this year. And it was all like Americana folk roots kind of music. It was so cool. cool. And not music I'm familiar with because it's not what I listen to. I listen to, I listen to it when you, you know, want to get your music. But that's right. the music I'm listening to anymore. I'm listening to music of all these guests from all over the world or all over the country, you know. So I don't really mm -hmm. sit down and just listen to anything anymore except this because it's all so good. Mostly good. It's oh, that's mostly awesome. good. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Uh, I've worked in radio and you get tired. Like I worked in top, my first radio gig was top 40. When I mean, you're going to play the number okay. one song every like 38 minutes, you get you're sick of music yes. real, real quick, you know. So this is yeah. really refreshing. And then seeing that like that, this is the kind of music my daughter and son-in-law, we've talked briefly about Mumford and Sons. That's like their jam. And cool. these are all that kind of musicians, you know, some a little more traditional, which I would put your classification and some more pop, which I would put Mumford and Sons in. You right. Know. But uh, all pleasant, all pleasant. There were some guys from Trampled, Trampled by Turtles mm -hmm. that were doing solo performances or with other people performances during the week. Oh, cool. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are, those guys are great. Yeah. Charlie Marks. Thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a blast. Happy new year. And, uh, up next, we're going to wrap up Nevada. We're going to stay in Reno. We're going to talk to a band called trouble show right here on the music of America podcast. You've been listening to the music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.